I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Deirdre King podcast with SJ and Eva B. Dublin, London, Madrid, Zoom podcast. And thank you for joining us. So, Eva, you got to go out <laughs> for the first time in many months at the weekend. I did. How was I it? I did. I mean, I went out every night. <laughs> it was. Does that mean I, Friday and Saturday? No. Or Saturday and Sunday? Thursday, Friday, <laughs> was your... Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> it was my birthday on Friday and I went out on Thursday night first off, kicked it off on Thursday night with two girlfriends who we went to a lovely outdoor um, terrace restaurant. And oh my God. Outdoors is open. So we got you know, waited on. We had people bringing us things. I didn't have to bring anybody anything. Did I mean, that, that feel, <laughs> did that feel incredibly good? Even just that experiencing that again after so long. That felt amazing of not having to get up off your arse to get yeah. things for people. Yeah. You know, the instinct I was still, you know, about to offer snacks to various tables around the place because I felt like I should be doing something. <laughs> but I'm like a slave. You're so clear. used to being a domestic slave. Yeah. Wanted to clear up after myself. Being overly helpful with the waiting staff. I just couldn't relax properly. Um, it was just lovely. And then Friday, we went out again with a different bunch of people. Oh, Somebody lovely. else put our kids to bed. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, and then on Saturday, um, Ross's mother, who's in our bubble, took the kids for two nights. Oh, my God. We borrowed a house of a friend mm. outside of London. And we had two nights, no children, just eating oh. and riding. Oh my, oh my God. God, Eva! That wow, dream. <laughs> I lived the dream of the weekend. Well, Best that is I've a birthday. That is amazing. well celebrated. Yeah, exactly. Eating and riding. <laughs> Eating and riding. <laughs> I'm delighted for you. Yeah. Well lovely. done, darling. And as long as you're not pregnant, that's a total. <laughs> <result>. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how to ruin it in one sentence. <laughs> no, there's no fear. I'm sure you're very now. careful. <laughs> what with the COVID and all. <laughs> and the social distancing. It probably hard masks. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly, though, like it was very lovely coming back as well. You know, you're dying to see the kids because you've had that breakaway and driving up to Ross's mum's house and the two of them were sitting on the, um, they'd asked Gigi, which they called their grandma, when are we getting there? And she said in, in, in 20 minutes or whatever. And so they said, Alexa, time 20 minutes. And they oh. sat on the doorstep. Oh, so when oh. they pulled up, the two of them were sitting on the doorstep waiting for us and my heart melted. <gasps> and they gave us just, you know, biggest cuddles and kisses. It was just gorgeous. Cut to literally 20 minutes later in the yeah. car on the way back to London. <laughs> Me roaring at them. <laughs> if you don't stop whinging the crash the car, you keep out of it. Don't I told you once, I'll tell you thousands. Of... They literally, 
And then Ross went to put his hand to me at one point. I went, don't touch me! <laughs> You've had your way with me and it's over now. Exactly. <laughs> Get those filthy paws off me. <laughs> SJ, how yeah. about your, have you finished your audiobook? I finished the audiobook in that I delivered all of the chapters. And then this morning I got the corrections back so the pickups which we will have to do and there are quite a few pickups to be honest I'm not working with a, a studio as such we are the studio so in essence usually when I'm recording a book I have a sound engineer who Ellie is doing the sound engineering on this one but the sound engineer is also proofing the script as I'm reading the book so when you're in the flow of a book which often happens if it's a good book which this one was it was very easy to read. It was a very enjoyable read. You kind of misread sentences, not changing sentences, but changing words around because you're kind of anticipating what the author is going to say. And so you have a proofer then who catches all those mistakes and sends them back. So we still have a day's work, but the chunk of it is done. And such an amazing skill because presumably you're sight reading and you're getting caught up in the storytelling. You have to prep the book beforehand so that you know in advance who each of the characters are. So you can do a little bit of character work. It all depends on, on every actor works differently so that there are no surprises either. You have mm. to be prepared. There are some books that I've read that are incredibly moving and have made me cry. And I cry when I'm reading it for the first time and then I'm crying while I'm reading it in the room but you can't be blubbing you can't be reading like that you actually have to contain your tears yeah show the tears but but keep it um uh, keep it at a level that that is audible dot com um <laughs> now not all the books are books that I would choose to read but a lot of them are fun. They be, and a lot of them are books even though I wouldn't choose to read them they're very entertaining like this book that I read last week. Um, it was a, they ask you in advance, what are you comfortable reading? And, you know, would you be interested in reading adult fiction, for example, you know, racy novels. So I didn't put myself down for that. Not saying that I wouldn't in, you know, who knows where life brings you, you might need the extra cash, but it was Oh a, God knows we've all humiliated yeah. ourselves or less. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but this was a, a queer young adult novel. And I sort of, absolutely, of course, I'd be happy to read that. And what was so incredible about this book, it's called Not My Problem by an author called Kira Smith. This book was set in Ireland and the protagonist is gay. And uh, she was she was kind of a loner, but the plot itself was about her it got around that she was able to do favors for people, help people out. And in return, she would just ask for a favor back. That's basically the essence of the plot. And she had her own struggles at home. But what was incredible about this novel was a, the, the, the protagonist voice, she was just really cool. And her being gay was inconsequential. It was not what the book was about. And it was so refreshing for me as a woman in my 40s to read a young adult novel where the element of the fact that she is gay it was just not a big deal when we were growing up as teenagers 
homosexuality was still illegal. So when you think about, go on. I was just going to say even more than that, because when we were younger, we weren't aware that it was illegal, you know, because yeah. we, we were too yeah. little. But but there was so much mystery yeah. around the word gay. You didn't really understand it in any in any way, way. Mm-hmm. in any way. Just, you didn't, I don't, it was just it was kind of shocking and mysterious. It was. I was completely ignorant as to what it was until I was way too old. It just made me feel so amazed and and also how far we have come in such a relatively short space of time but how necessary that journey has been like in 30 years from when we were teenagers to where teenagers are today and I spoke to a friend of mine who's a teacher in Tralee where I grew up we're great friends from school and I asked her what systems are in place in schools nowadays compared to when we were in school. And she said that nowadays that there are support groups like, you know, Tenny, the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland, they come to the schools um, and, and provide a lot of support to transgender teenagers. And she said that most of the support comes from within the schools because, you know, while parents can be really supportive of their children, whether or not, you know, they're, they're homosexual or they're transgender, that they can be really supportive, but it can still be really difficult for them at home to grasp the pace in which the teenager wants to transition. And so what Tenny does is that they come to the schools and they actually work with the parents and the students to come up with a plan that suits the family. And each family is different because each individual wants to move at a different pace. Parents have got their heads around it faster than perhaps another set of parents. And what Tenny do is that they come in and they, and they help guide these families. And I thought, God, that's so incredible. And how fabulous. And um, mm. and what a giant, giant leaf. It's a giant leaf. It's, a giant, leaf. it's a giant leaf. And this is mm. like, this is truly, this isn't Dublin, you know. So, so are they not, are they not all over the country, this organization? They are. Are they, they are. just in Kerry? No, 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 no. They're, they're all over the country. But what kind of lifted me and lifted my heart and knowing that they do exist in small towns in, um, in rural areas as well. And, and she also said that this year, the school did a stand-up week, so stand up in solidarity, and they flew the LGBTQ plus flag outside the school. And she said that not one parent complained. And she said it may oh have God. Been, she said six years ago, mm. there may have been a few complaints, but not one parent complained. And this is a big school. There's Fabulous. well over a thousand students. And she said that a hundred students stood for the photograph and it's so emotional though that isn't it? That's such a beautiful emotional goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think about these students when we were in in the 80s, um, that had no resources, had no sort of support either at home or within the schools that were so caught up with the church. Like I can't actually fathom how difficult it was for people growing up well it just it would have been so brushed under the carpet they never would have come out because it, w- it wouldn't have been a thing that was ever discussed so if it's not a form to do that if there's not any 
acknowledgement of it. I have so many friends that didn't come out until their 20s, late 20s, 30s, 40s even. I mean, I'm thinking of the friends, like, you know, a few people who didn't come out until they're in their 40s because it's only now, a few years ago, rather, they felt like that they they were strong enough or had, um, they would be supported enough. They would be, and you know, immediately accepted. And of course, they probably could have come out sooner than that. But the fact that they felt that they couldn't speaks volumes. It's, it's that major shift, isn't it? Knowing that, yes, it has taken a long time for us to get to this point. What do they call Tenny? They sound Tenny. incredible. I think the most optimistic part of it is the, the parent, nobody complained. Yeah. Nobody because complained. I think the kids are amazing now. The, the kids are nothing about it is abnormal, unusual. I've got teenagers in school now and uh, my daughter has a transgender kid in her class and has been since first year. She doesn't even bat an eyelid. She doesn't raise an eyebrow. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a thing. It's just not, not a thing. A thing. It's so wonderful. It is. Yeah. And a friend of mine brings her son um, and daughter to school with two other friends from their neighbourhood. And she said that she loved this time of morning because she's got the radio on but she's got it on low but she's listening to them talking in the back and just loves the chitter chatter and at the time he was maybe 11 or 12 and uh, his friend a girl beside him said that I like someone and he turned to her and said okay is it a boy or a girl and that was the first question Oh, she just thought that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely brilliant. It is. It's just incredible that this is the era that we live in. Well, my friend from school did say that there are definitely still parents in the school that are still very strict Catholics and and conservative. And these would naturally be the parents that would have a harder time. But also there's there's a huge community of African people in, in Kerry and, and in Ireland. She said that they have a really hard time as well. Of course they do. In northern Nigeria, which is the wealthiest country in Africa, homosexuality is still punishable by death. Whoa. I by know, death. it's so shocking, isn't it, when you say it out loud? 34 countries in, in Africa, it is still illegal. So... Of course, that like imagine that coming to a new country, oh. a new society, a new culture, a new, a very new Ireland, um, yeah. and still grappling with that. Like imagine letting go of those chains. Terrifying yes. message to be sending out to the people, and uh, yeah, there's just such such a long way to go there, isn't long. it? Yeah. Who would have thought that oh. coming to Ireland would be a place where we have a lot a of lot. time to make up. We do a lot of and we're we not still there have a lot yet. of way to go. Not there yet. There's still, no, there's no. still, you know, but very recently there is still, you know, uh, n- numerous racial uh, attacks in Dublin that were just horrific and awful. So there, there's still those people, unfortunately, are still out there causing that kind of. Um, oh yeah, and oh, I know plenty of gay, gay people and... who still um, have to put up with abuse for being gay. And the transgender community as well. These are all to do with the ignorance of the people making the attacks and the, you know. Yeah. This is the thing. And the younger generation are proving it's ignorance They're, because they are. Accepted. 
and I love them for it. I have to say, I do, I do love this younger generation. There's, yeah, yeah. there's lots to be to say that we're worried about for them with screens and social media. But my God, they have led the charge on Black Lives Matter, on on equality, on LGBTQ. They really have. They're, they're. I love them for it. I just think they're they fantastic. are just everything that she had told me about what was going on in her school, and I imagine there's so much more around the country. It makes you feel okay I think we're on the right path at least yeah yeah I, yeah. I love the sound of the book you read tell me again what the title was I'm gonna it's called not note of it. it's called not my problem by Kira Smith and she's an Irish writer yeah sure. I'm always looking for a good uh, good YA books <clears throat> for my two because unfortunately when they were once great readers they've both um regressed with the uh-huh. books I watched my heartache it's it's terrible especially when you've had two good readers yeah and you just see it it just happens the teen thing happens the yeah. screens take over I'm yeah. gutted like I, and I have to try it's very hard to try and find a way back because if you go at it and go at it and I can I have I've overdone it I'd say <laughs> but um you know then they they get even more resistant do they listen to audiobooks no, my daughter's argument is that she has so much reading to do in school and that she does a lot of reading in school that she's not going to read at home. And I, I just have to accept that because her days are long. I think that's fair enough. It is. And I said to her, OK, fine, well, let's let that go. But promise me in the summertime, even when we're on our holidays, yeah, yeah, we'll just have yeah. one book that you'll bring one paperback book on our holidays and try and read it. So I've kind of tried to broker a deal there. Um, and himself, who was a fantastic reader on the Kindle, just stopped overnight. And I, I know it was the PlayStation thing. And I'm I'm not going down the PlayStation road because I'll bore the arse off. Everybody here and anybody listening, I'm not doing it. But uh, yeah, again, I'm just going to have to find a way back somehow because I lost him. I lost him to the PlayStation. Don't my heart is broken. I'm speechless because I just know that that's probably coming with 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 Jesse. He's a brilliant reader at the moment. He's seven and he is devouring books. Mm. He got put onto a series of books called Beast Quest. Oh yeah, we did Beast Quest. Yeah. Oh my god! It, like literally, that's what got him reading. He reads um, one book every two days. So he got through. Like he's just yeah. flying through it. Only- you know, you're, the, 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 I don't, I don't want to burst this bubble because it's so glorious. <laughs> oh. We had Beast Quest, and then there was the Harry Potters, and then there's another yeah. thing. But unfortunately, when they love a thing like Beast Quest, when it comes to the end, if they don't find another one that yeah. they love as much, then they kind of go, oh, I don't need to be, and that's not as good as that, and that I don't like that as much. And it's really hard, and you're scrambling around trying to find the next hit. You know, that it's difficult. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I think I'll that's what happened research. to me. I think that's what happened to me. We had Beast Quest and then we had the David of Doherty's books, which are just fabulous. <laughs> yeah, those ones. And then there was a few others. The, wimp, the Wimpy Kid was big. The Diary yeah, was, yes. Diarrhea of a Wimpy Kid was the big the, joke. In the the David Williams books, we're <laughs> devouring those. They were great. Uh, and then we just came to an impasse. And yeah. And now, and now it's just a struggle and I've tried everything. I've, I've had four or five different books on the go here and he just won't do it. He did footballers for a while. The, there's a lot of footballer biography kind of books for young boys. Uh-huh. He went through them and now he's kind of at a... No, I, I don't like reading anymore. You know what? Course- it's going to come back around. It'll come back around. You know, at least he got himself to a level where he was devouring them and was a brilliant reader, you know, yeah. as opposed to That's true. not ever yeah. getting into them. 
Yeah. I have friends who, whose kids, same age as Jesse, and it's just a struggle to get them to read anything at all. So at least you know that he's got to that level. He, he, he knows what it's like to really enjoy a book. He's out of it now for a bit, but he'll get back there again. He will. I'm saying yeah. that because I'm, I'm convincing myself. And I'd say, I and I must say, you convinced yourself and me really well. Uh, <laughs> I had a lovely experience. You're of welcome. The home, one of the lovely experiences recently of the homeschooling was that I got to hear my daughter was obviously asked to read in the classroom. And I'd never get to hear this, you know, but because I was passing the door, I could hear that she'd obviously was on the Zoom classroom and was being asked to read. And I was listening going, that's very good. Oh, God, that's very, oh. very good. Mike. I was yeah. really like astonished because she told me she doesn't like to read. The next thing I can hear her reading this book. And honestly, the phrasing and the inflection. And, you know, like we're all actors, so like we're all over that. <laughs> we're a top audience. Oh, she's got a she's got a lovely inflection there. And it's a lovely <laughs> turn of oh, very. I was just thrilled with it. Like and I was killed praising her. I never stopped. And um, yeah, so that was interesting. Wouldn't have, that was a, a homeschool class. Yeah, one of the few of them. Yeah. Well, she wants to go to drama school. I've tried yeah. to avoid and it doesn't look like I've succeeded there. So anyway. Do you think Daniel will as well? There's hope for Daniel in the sense that he loves to debate. And I think he's quite interested in the law aspect, as mm. in the arguments. But ultimately, I, I think it'll just take him to stand up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, they're, I honestly, the child, he speaks in riffs, like he actually talks like a comic. You know, he he can deliver a whole argument and I'll go, oh, three very good punchlines in there. <laughs> I keep it myself now. I don't want to tell him, but I'm going, God, that was perfectly formed. It was a perfectly formed routine you just did there. A very good five minutes. I've heard people give less a good five minutes in, in a club. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but look, I'm going to push the law big time. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I wanted to ask you both um, about meditation because... You know, we were talking about your panic attack, Eva, last week. And, and by coincidence, I got this amazing book uh, in the post uh, by, by Dermot Whelan, who's a fellow comedian and radio guy. And he's written a book about meditation, but it, it came from, because um, he, he, he teaches it, but also it, it came out of the fact that he had suffered from panic attacks. And it was the most enjoyable book ever. I'm, I'm probably halfway through it, um, maybe a bit more. It's hard to put it down. 
Anyway, I just wanted to ask either of you, because I, I don't know, do, do you meditate? If you had asked me three weeks ago, I would have said no, never, never went there. But a friend of mine sent me uh, the Deepak Chopra, Oprah, 21 day free meditation. It's called Getting Unstuck. I turned it on. Now, Oprah talks for the first couple of minutes and I said to Ellie, do you want to listen to the meditation? And as soon as Oprah started talking, he's like, that's not for me. And he put on his earphones and he's like, I just, he just can't do it. Um, but once, you know, <laughs> she just does her little introduction and then Deepak Chopra starts to talk about getting unstuck. And I was lying in bed going, oh yeah, I could get into this. I could get into this. And then I did the whole 21 days and it was really, really useful. Did you find yourself, SJ, that your your day-to-day in those 21 days, they changed? The first couple of days, I was still ridden with immense anger. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not working. Uh, <laughs> but I did use some of the things as the little reminder, the little checklists of of listening to people and being in the present and all, it's all stuff that we know. We all know this. And also, yeah, but you see, this is the point of the, the daily practice, right? Yeah. We know this, but we lapse. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the queen of the lapse. I've, I've lapsed everything from Catholicism to work <laughs> ethic, to diet, to everything. I know exactly what I should be doing. I should be drinking more water. I should be having more food. I should be having more. I should, I should, I should, I should. But I have, the fucking discipline of a gnat and as Stephen said with the gnats could be amazingly disciplined for all we know just <laughs> throwing that out there but I, I lapse on everything um so you know I I think the main thing is to, to try and get back up but that that's the point of the point of the meditation is that when you become a meditator that you won't lapse because it is benefiting you so much you go and go okay I'm, this is going to be a priority for me you know do you meditate I'm meditating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Put me to sleep. Thanks very much. You could just pipe down a bit. <laughs> interrupting my flow. No, no, I don't. I don't. And it's it's absolutely one of those things where I have always wanted to and know that I will absolutely benefit from it. Um, SJ has very kindly sent on that link. And um, and I and I will I will definitely, definitely do it. But I am I am with you that I'm my willpower or my self-discipline all that side of me is shocking it's yeah. shocking I start something and then I won't see it through I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll tell you the great secret about meditation the, the things that people don't sell uh, by the way I'm sending you that book Eva please, because, please do well in panic yeah, it's all your birthday it's ever. your birthday present and Thank it's uh, how and the thing about I love about this and you should both read it is that Dermot Whelan because he's a comedian he's incredibly funny about how he came to meditate and how long it took him by the way to stick with it he did exactly what we've all done tried it for a bit stopped yeah. learned about it knew he should be doing it yada 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 but he yeah. describes having a very bad panic attack on his way to a comedy festival and arriving by ambulance and going I cannot sustain this method of transport <laughs> to get to a gig <laughs> so uh, you know it's very serious it becomes serious and he realizes he's got to take charge of of these feelings and what causes 
the panic attacks. And he's ah, he's the first person. It's the first time I've read a book and I suspect it's going to be a hit, this book. I, I went online to buy it for somebody and they were out of stock already. And I thought he's the first person who's done this with great humour because, you know, a lot of them are the Deepak, yeah. the Deepak thing, which I think yeah. puts a lot of people off. Sure. Um even though it works, you know, it's all just so very spiritual. Well, yes. And as he said in the book, there's an awful lot of jetties. So an awful lot of pictures and people on jetties and uh, in white linen. And Irish people don't look great in white <laughs> linen at the best times. <laughs> far too, far too so pale true. for the white linen. And, and a pose on a jetty in a bit of white linen. There's a lot of that, which is no, <laughs> there's no resemblance whatsoever. Uh, but I must tell you my, my meditating experience, right? Because years ago, well, not that long ago. I mean, how long did we leave London? We were we were living in Chiswick. Are we home? 2016 is when See, she knows better than me. Five years. Oh. There you go. Five years. That's all. Imagine. That's all. Um, but before we left, I was definitely in a very down place. I mean, I was ready to leave London. And I think that's what happens. We've been in London for 10 years and I sort of reached a point of... This, I don't feel I don't need to be here anymore. This is wrong. And you get quite, I think, almost panicky. And a lot of that was tied in with the fact that my father wasn't well and he was back in Ireland and all kinds of things pull you back for all kinds of other you know, reasons. But also I was just not in a good place. And I had read a lot. For some reason, I decided in my mind that I needed to meditate. But because I'm the kind of personality that wouldn't be great at that kind of thing. I, like I'm very jumpy, very impatient. Like I've tried yoga, for example, a lot. And yoga irritates the shit out of me. Okay. And I like my teacher, my best friend is a yoga teacher and my sister. And they're brilliant at it. And as a result, I've benefited from being invited to things for free, you know. And, and still I struggle with holding poses and just, I'm just like, this is, you know, God almighty, this is, I'm not born for this. This isn't not me. Not for you, yeah. No, precisely. So it's just really difficult. But anyway, I felt the same about meditation. I thought I'm not going to be able to sit still. I like, like I have five minutes, I'll be moving and twitching and I'll be annoyed and irritated in the room. But anyway, as I researched meditation and I started reading about transcendental meditation because both Jerry Seinfeld and David Lynch, the mad filmmaker, are the, they're the two people who... Are sort of are at the front of transcendental meditation, which sounds like such a big thing. Transcendental meditation, you know, neuroscience or something, and it really isn't. The bottom line is, it's a nap. It's a nap. <laughs> <laughs> meditation is a great way of saying. I'm going for a quick power nap. Uh, but if you told that to people, they'd say, excuse me, are you fucking joking me? There's two screaming kids here. But if you say, I'm just going to do some TM, suddenly that gets a little bit of respect. And oh, OK, she's going to do her TM. I, I kind of have to let her go and do that. But in actual fact, you're just closing your eyes. <laughs> and, and there's a good chance that you will nod off. And, oh, my God. When you come back from that nap, you are a better person because you're the, everything has just gone Everything, every little bit of hyperness, irritation, all those things that you want to calm down happen in that 10 minutes. It's miraculous. Wow. Um, so anyway, I decided that I would take myself off and do a course because I thought, OK, I won't commit to this the way I need to if I don't actually commit by spending money and making it a real thing. 
I didn't need to do that. Hindsight now. This is a message to anyone who's thinking of doing it. You don't actually need to spend the money at all. Um, but I decided to go into Shepherd's Bush for myself. I looked up Transcendental Meditation, a course, and there was a woman in Shepherd's Bush, which was only down the road from me. And it was going to be, I think, once a week for five weeks or something. I can't even remember. But anyway. I took myself off and the woman, a lovely Indian woman, very deep back and all of that. And she's talking us through and there were three or four in the group and we'd signed up at the same time. And you arrive at her house, you feel relaxed immediately because it's all incense and flowers and a bit of Indian music uh, happening in the background. (laughs) Anyway, in she came and she described how she was going to yeah, the make this was the thing that was funny. Like she, you, you had to get a word. So in other words, there's a mantra that accompanies your meditation because most people's great difficulty with meditating is that they can't stop their heads from going to dinner. Jesus Christ, I don't know. Did I get the? <laughs> did I get the? Did I get the ingredients for that? I don't know. They just can't stop. Right, they can't stop. And I definitely could never stop. I was like. I tried to do this now, but I'm not sure it is Holly have gymnastics. I better recheck the time on the day. I don't know that I arranged to get any somebody to pick up Daniel at the same time because then that'd have to go. And of course, he doesn't like the pesto. He doesn't like sweet corn with the stuff on its own. This was just a non-stop dialogue in my head that found very hard to stop. And and everybody has it. Okay, so that's their point. Is they sit down to meditate and they go, I can't. My brain won't stop. So they give you a word. Okay, and to use as a mantra. And the word is just you repeat it. Okay, so say the word is om, just for the sake of it. You go om, 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 whatever it is. And eventually, your brain will stop going. I think we're going to have to have the pesto pasta for the tea again. (laughs) Okay, It, it will actually work. But my problem with me was I had this terrible experience where she brought me in to her room and there was incense and I had to bring a piece of fruit as an offering and a few flowers. And that's all really pleasant and quite nice, even though a little bit more. I was thinking, oh God, 300 quid. I kept thinking about what it, what it was costing me and I kept going, 300 quid now I'm bringing her a bit of fruit and a few flowers. <laughs> Don't think my brain has quietened down just yet so I can start myself. I'm starting to get resentful now with the money. Do you know what I mean? So anyway... She brings me into a room. And for the sake of this, I'm just going to tell you, like for the sake of this podcast, I shouldn't share the word, but I actually did this as a routine on stage. So it's too late. I did. You're meant to keep the word for yourself. But what happened to me was she said, "Okay." she sat down, a lot of incense and she did the word. She meditated on what the word would be for me, my personal word. And she said, the word is Karin. And then she went off into a world of her own and said, Karin, Karin, Karin. And I was meant to go with her. I was meant to go, Karin, Karin. And my brain was meant to stop. But the tragedy of this word was that we had a horrible, horrible landlady at the time. And we were in a bitter dispute with her. In fact, no, we'd moved on a bit. We'd had the dispute. That's what it was a year earlier with this woman uh, where she basically didn't want to give us back our deposit. Now, you know, the deposit in the London is quite substantial. So she, it was two grand and there was two grand, I think, that she owed us for, for rent. So she had four grand of our money that she wasn't going to give us back. And her name was 
Karin, 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 okay? So when she said, and the word is Karin, I'm going, oh, sweet Jesus Christ. We've just spent two years, I spent two years trying to get the woman and the name Karin out of my head because we ended up in the small claims court with her because she wouldn't give us back our money. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was a nightmare, a real nightmare. Like we had to take a run. You, can't, you don't just get to the point and you go, ah, oh, well, let's yeah. just let four grand go. You know, and also just at the time, sometimes you might be well off and you go, do you know what? For the sake of the argument, let it go. But this no. was not that time. No. We were yeah. we needed the bloody money. So it was like, no, she can't we can't let her away with this. So two years of trying to get her out of my head that uh, how could I tell this <laughs> lovely Indian woman who'd gone into a zone going, Karin, Karin. <laughs> <laughs> so it was laughable and in the end you know I, I basically I made a routine out of it and I, I told that story on stage so I got my money back and I, I felt like every penny I'm paying you love I am getting back I am I'm getting back tenfold <laughs> but I'm back in thanks to Dermot and the book I've started again and oh it's a gift from God it's an actual gift it will help you it will help you with everything but it, but more, yeah. think of it as a little nap, a power nap. Forget all the sophistication. Tell me this, Nadine. Do, were you able to do it um, from the book alone or were you able to get back into it because of your prior current experience? Karin. I actually could get back into it. I didn't, I didn't need the book. What I needed the book to do was remind me of how unbelievably good for you it is. So he'll remind you that if this was on a bottle of medicine, will help you sleep better, will help you... Um, have better patience will yeah. help your memory something that i really need uh, so if all of that was on a bottle of medicine there's no chance on this earth that you wouldn't take it for right? sure but will the, can you do does the book teach you enough to be able to do it or do you need prior knowledge of how to meditate i haven't got to the end of the book yet but i'd say the book is enough you don't you don't need any he's explaining exactly what you need to do and honestly Eva, it's very simple yeah I mean, it's it, but it's very simple. But yeah, you wouldn't need to do anything more, to be honest with you, than read the book. I think the humor element is definitely very appealing for me. It's it's funny, you know. I'm a huge fan of Fran Leibowitz and watched her most recent show, Pretend It's a City, on Netflix. Have either of you watched it? I have started to. I watched a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, there is an there is the there is a hint of the Fran I think probably in all of us, but she just takes it to the other extreme entirely. Where she she does this whole like it's not enough for me to not be sick now I have to be well. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of I kind of see where you're coming from. So. To be honest, that's a great line. That's not going to help you if you're going to have a panic attack or you yeah. can't sleep or you're struggling with patience, particularly as a parent of small children. I mean, that that's a for me, that's a huge challenge, you know, remaining oh patient God. for a long day with small yeah. children. Like I, I had to meditate. I actually I actually had to because there came a point in the day where I went, this isn't fair on them. I, I've yeah. got to do this. You'll prioritize it. I mean, there might be a window where they're watching the cartoons for a half an hour. That's when you go. And it doesn't have to be 20. You could do it in 10, yeah. but you'll want the 20. Believe me. Mm. Um, but like, it's as simple as that. The bath, 
they're gone to the bath now. So six o'clock. So there's there's 15 minutes where, you know, unless they're so small that you've got to be watching them in yeah. the bath. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, them to yeah. that yeah. point where you can leave case. them. Yeah. 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 No, or like you, you're giving them their dinner in the bath. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> that was genius. I still haven't done that. I forgot about that. Explain again. I Explain. never realized. I never realized that that was like a, a really unusual thing until I kind of told you guys and I told other people and they were kind of horrified and I got these looks of you know what and then I felt really bad so basically when they were at the ages where they were able to have a bath together oh god those days were so lovely as it happened our flat in London at the time was all on one level it was very handy that the bathroom was like 10 feet away from the kitchen. Do you know what? For all my giving out about lack of space, there are great advantages to living in a flat and not having to climb three flights of stairs to the bathroom when they're toddlers and you have to kind of keep an eye on them. If that that distance is short, God, that's a great old help. Anyway, I used to put them both in the bath and they'd be, it was such a break. Like by the time you get to, you know that by the time you get to six o'clock, if you pick them up from school. Yeah, you are. You are at six o'clock. That was the time. I'd okay. Well, I I've been doing this for four hours. I think I've done it really well, and now I've hit my wall. You know, six o'clock. I'm like that. Hence, a lot of women will go if if they're doing the parenting, and a husband comes in the door, they go here, here, and because just done four hours, and you kind of need just a freaking break. break. But yes. my admiration for single parents knows oh, no bounds. Oh my god, unbelievable! Like, they have my un- they dying on. I don't know admiration. how unreal. Yeah, I yeah. don't know either. I really don't. It's such a hard job to do on your own to not be able to say, "I've hit a wall. I need you to step in," because Over I've had to, to do you. that so yeah, many times. Know. Yeah. So anyway, back to the baths. <laughs> so I guess they were there's three years between my kids. So I guess they were probably two and five three and six around that time uh, and probably went up to four and seven um where they were happy to get in the bath together and then they'd get and i had and they were so happy in there it was like oh jesus i can't bear to take them out so i used to top off the water and then they go we're hungry because it'll be tea time so i thought I just, I just bring them the tea in there. So, you know, the little wooden trays that go across the bath that are meant to have shampoo and soap and maybe a nice plant on them. So I turned that upside down and the two little side plates went in with the pesto pasta <laughs> and I set up a meal in the middle of the bath, one on either side. Well, I mean, I, they loved this. This was like, do you know what it was like? It was like swimming up to the bar in the holidays. <laughs> Except you were in a bath and there was two bowls of the pasta and two little coloury cups with drinks in it. And they were on down. And of course, I bought myself another hour and the hot water was literally, there seemed to be no end to the hot water. So I constantly topped up the bath and they'd be in there for two and a half hours, I think. I swear, I'm going on Amazon this afternoon and I'm buying myself one of those bath trays because I just think that is so brilliant. genius. Just, just so glad because other people, I remember telling Dara O'Brien this story who was my only neighbour and friend in Chiswick at the time and his face was just like, you're what? You're giving them the dinner in the bath? And I used to think, oh my God, he's going to tell his wife that now and she's a surgeon and she's going to just be so disapproving of my methods. Now, be prepared that dishes of food will get upturned. Ah, yeah, but listen, yeah. also yeah. and all kinds of things spam, but who gives a damn? Who gives yeah. a damn? And also yeah. the clean up, then you're not on your hands and knees in the kitchen floor cleaning up after them. It's all gone into the bath. No. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I did take the dishes away and wash them properly. But, but listen, all that matters Why? is the, the time that it buys you. They didn't want to come out. Good. Shriveled to bits that came out that were sparkly. Spark. <laughs> this episode is called Two Kids Swim Up to a Bar. Thanks for listening and please, please don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is powered by the ACAST Creator Network.